0: This is Lovey Dummies. I'm David.
1: And I'm Perlan.
0: Thanks for joining us. This episode is our Mother's and Father's Day special. On today's show, I'll be interviewing my parents. We discuss what it's like to be a parent, including how being a parent has implications on your marriage relationship. Let's go talk to them. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, David.
0: Thanks, David. So I'm doing this interview by myself because we are on vacation in Arizona right now. Uh, But why don't you just introduce yourselves a little bit?
2: My name is Jenny. We live in Wilmington, North Carolina. I work at the local hospital there checking patients in for day surgeries. We've lived there for about eight years I grew up in West Virginia. We got married, lived in Cleveland for about eight years, and then lived in Delaware for several years while the kids were growing up. And
3: I'm Bill. I am the other part of the we, so you've heard half of my bio already. (laughs) Um, I have been in operations of nuclear energy, one sort or another, uh, first in the Navy and then as a reactor operator at a civilian plant in Perry, Ohio and then at Hope Creek in New Jersey. And now I am actually working for the vendor, uh, General Electric, in Wilmington.
0: Uh, My first question is, what was it like learning how to be a parent before the age of Google?
3: There was still Parent Magazine. That was good. That's
2: pretty much all we had. (laughs) And there
3: was lessons learned from our own parents.
2: Exactly. I would say probably that's how we learned to parent, was through our own personal experience with our parents.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of the way it's been for a long time. Uh, What would you say is your parenting style?
2: Well, I will have to confess that we cheated and looked up parenting (laughs) styles, (laughs) but we have decided that we are, or were, I guess, authoritative style. That was our style of parenting.
0: Can you explain what that is?
2: Yes. It sounds awful, but it actually (laughs) means that you have expectations of your kids, and there are consequences when the kids misbehave or don't live up to your expectations. But at the same time, it also means that we listen to our kids, that we didn't punish them without hearing their side of the story. Right.
3: And when there is punishment, there's an explanation that goes with it where authoritarian is you do what I tell you to do and that's the end of it right and I would say that the other evidence of our parenting style is our two sons they're well balanced socially adept I think is what the words were
0: (laughs) (laughs) from the article that you read yeah yes wow that's that's a nice compliment I guess but uh (laughs) what can you say about the differences in parenting now compared to when you became parents?
2: I think what I see, what was starting to happen, I think even when you and your brother were in high school, was the term helicopter parent was Mm. really becoming something that I I saw more of. I remember when you guys were in high school, hearing someone come, he was a um, psychologist at University of Delaware, Mm -hmm. and he came to the high school to speak to the PTA. And he had the advice of cutting the apron strings right away. When when the kids get in high school, you need to start let, setting them free. You know, start yeah. cutting the apron strings then. Stop doing homework. Stop getting involved in um, every little detail of their lives. And, and encourage the independence. So I think the helicopter parenting, you know, the, the when I heard the, the instances of kids who went off to college and were calling their mothers in between each class, and their mothers were telling them which class they had to go to next, and that was, and, and, and with that, I think that, uh, that was part of the whole cell phone age. Everybody with a cell phone, and you could call your mom or dad all yep. the time, and it just was kind of shocking to me that
0: that was that, that was happening. That was something that kind of came when I was in high school, I guess, the, the cell yeah. phones. yes. I mean, I had I didn't have one until maybe sophomore year. Yeah, it my was second it was band, it was
2: marching band that that yeah, encouraged I had us to call to you with... to
0: get like a ride home. Or yes, whatever.
2: that was why we. That did was it. the
0: only reason that I had it
2: too. So I wasn't sitting in the parking lot for hours and hours waiting for the band <laughs> right. bus to get back.
3: Yeah, uh, but by the same token, I think there's also with the electronic age, there's a lot more hands off, where the where kids are tied up in their electronics a lot more than mm-hmm. they were. Uh, 25 years ago, and certainly uh, much more than when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do remember when you and Rick first started playing video games. You could kind of count on the two of you being in the basement, um, hacking around with <laughs> Ninja Turtles or or um, some video game at some Mario. point. But I but I don't. My sense is that it's it is uh, more pronounced now than it was then.
0: Yeah, I think with iPads and iPhones, because I see lots of kids with mm-hmm. iPads in their hands. Mm-hmm. You give them an iPad, you leave them alone for a couple hours, it's not going to hurt anything unless you have your credit card information on right. there. <laughs> well, <that's
3: laughs> I, I remember doing a survey in Sunday school uh, one day where I, I just asked the question, what are the three most important things in your life? And n- nobody answered food, shelter, or clothing. The... the the answers were all electronic of one sort or another, whether it was cell phone, laptop, TV, um, whatever it was, was something electronic.
0: Mm, I guess for good reason, because I feel like people find communication with other people pretty important to them. True. Uh, Did you encounter any conflicts when it came to the way you raised us? With each other? Yeah, like with, between each, you guys.
2: Um. I think we tried to always be on the same page. I'm sure there were times we disagreed with each other. But we I think we tried to present that united front to you guys. Mm. Uh,
3: one conflict was, I think, one of your more severe injuries. I was in California on a business trip, and <laughs> Mom was having to deal with that all by herself. I don't know that that was That's, a conflict. No. It was... Um,
2: just a pity party for me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I feel
0: like well was it the was it the hockey stick?
2: Yeah. It was so well no like it was the any... first time. It was the head the first head injury. The on first the, one on the chair. Know, on the chair. Oh that one? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, okay. I you know, they I didn't realize it at the time, but they were looking at me as if I were an abusive parent. They didn't know. Right, right. Because you were bleeding and Rick was hysterically crying, even though he was the one who caused it.
0: Right, so just to explain that story, me and my brother were were fighting with each other, as we often did when we were young, Uh, and I was chasing him through our family room, and there's a chair in our family room that has like a little uh, curtain on the bottom of it, just like a little drape that's held on with staples, and I tripped and fell right into that curtain and cut my head open on the staples, and I just remember Mom saying, how did you get spaghetti sauce all over your your face? And Rick came in, and he's like, it's not spaghetti sauce. So he was always, yeah, like I've been, he injured me a couple times, but he was always just.
2: So remorseful. Yes,
0: immediately (laughs) remorseful. I mean, that was an accident, and the other one was also an accident, because we were just playing hockey, but.
2: Right.
0: Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Given that you sent your kids to public schools, What do you think about homeschooling?
2: I could, I know, I I always knew I could never have done that. I admire people who do it, but I could never have homeschooled my own kids. I just, I don't think I'm, I would have been a good teacher. Hmm. I think Bill maybe could have done it better than I could. Um, I feel very strongly about public schools and how, especially in this country, in the United States, Mm-hmm. it's it's you know it's it's gotten to to um be unfortunate that there are so many kids who do are not getting a good public school education um so and while bill went to private schools he has a different um, outlook on it i i don't want this to be a country where only the you know it's like an elitist thing where you have to have money to be educated i just that worries me so yeah. I, we were lucky i feel like we were very lucky where we lived in delaware that you had you and your brother had very good schools to attend and got a very good education.
3: Yeah, and I think it goes back to a question that you asked before about before and now. Um, There are some circumstances where, um, because of a job and the the ability of one parent to stay home, um, I think there are probably some environments where the best education a child can get is the one that they would receive at home simply because of of where they're located and where they would end up having to go to school. Um, but getting back to that previous question, I think one of the differences uh, between now and, and 25, 30 years ago is more families are, um, are seeing both mom and dad have to work in order to uh, make ends meet. So, uh, the opportunity for homeschooling is is a little tougher, I would guess.
2: That's a good point because I I was able to be at home, and so therefore very able, very um, active in the schools. Mm-hmm. You know, as a volunteer, which I think is makes for strong schools mm-hmm. if you have a lot of parent involvement. So I was lucky enough to be able to do that.
3: So so that's sort of a um, if I was looking at at a sort of a graded view of that. There might be homeschooling. There might be parents that are not very involved in their children's education. And then there's the, the one in the middle where uh, maybe both parents are having to work or um, one parent is a stay-at-home parent but is not homeschooling, but they're very active and involved in their children's education. Um, so I would guess that there's sort of a, a spectrum how did you deal
0: with the transition of letting your kids become responsible for themselves?
2: I think that's a that was a hard transition for me. I um I think there were plenty of times I just wanted to fix things for you guys and I didn't want you to have to suffer the consequences of your own actions. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's I think that's a tough issue for parents who really love their kids and and don't want to see them Um, go through any hard times but hard times are character building so you have to do some of that yeah and
3: and i think it's a transition for the entire family it's not um you know the children don't transition without the whole family uh going through a transition so as children assume more responsibility and the parents let go it it's isn't, from my perspective, it's not necessarily a, okay, at time, T equals zero, David, you're making all of your own decisions, and um, here's your money, and we're no longer involved. It doesn't happen that way, um, especially in the context of going away to college, where you, sure. you have a, you know, there's a good a four zone. years yeah. of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm starting to make my own decisions, I'm, I'm choosing my classes, I'm choosing the the direction for my life and my parents are there to help me maybe financially and, and, um, certainly, uh, from a spiritual sense. Yep. I,
2: I would say too, that that, when I look at why I believe you and your brother have grown up to be successful adults, um, Bill and I talk about this a lot, that we credit our church. Um, you know, it takes, it truly takes a village to raise a child and I feel like the church was our village and you had other adults who mentored you in that church and that you knew you could go to and um that cared about you just other adults caring about you and you knowing that you can trust other adults beside your parents I think is why you've been so successful and and self-confident I think it has a plays a huge role in it the church yeah,
3: it's it, from a symbolic stand, standpoint. The I mentioned college, but um, learning to drive and trusting your children to drive on their own is is another again another transition kind of kind of element. Is your I've I've got some some parents that I talk to now that are just scared, speechless. About having their children in a car on the road. Um, in fact, with George talking to George and Andy yesterday, mm-hmm. and Jake um, getting his driver's license, is <laughs> it's freaking them out. But they're the grandparents, so that's you know they're they're uh, one step removed, so I can understand that.
0: Sure. Can you think of any big sacrifices you had to make for the sake of your kids?
3: I can't think of a sacrifice I would not make for my kids. There's no answer to that
2: question, <laughs> right? Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine. No, no. I don't. Re- I don't feel like I ever sacrificed anything.
3: Yeah, I, I think for us, um, probably the the um, the family element or the family issue that relates most closely to that question. Um, were the transitions that we made from Cleveland to uh, Delaware and then uh, Delaware to North Carolina where we talked about it for a long time and, and I don't know. I don't know how you and Rick feel about those moves um, whether that was a sacrifice that you and Rick sort of had to make um, as the family um, made those transitions but I don't it, it's sort of the flip side of your question um, did making those moves have a, an adverse effect on your education or your your child years and I again getting back to Jenny's mentioning of the church had we not moved to Delaware uh, the church thing might have might not have happened because that is where it happened was in Delaware it's true
2: mm-hmm.
3: for me. The Cleveland
0: to Delaware move was, I was too young. Was right, really, you were only
2: three, I think.
0: For it to really phase or have any mm. kind of impact on me. Like, I had, we had, like, friends in the neighborhood, but I didn't establish any kind of...
2: And you hadn't started preschool there. yet or anything, yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but the move to North Carolina, even that was, that was still, you know, i I graduated from college at that point. I mean, it was, it was like right when I graduated, basically, Mm -hmm. uh, when that move happened. And that wasn't even really, I mean, a a sacrifice. Like I had already basically like moved out of the house and was sort of independent for a few years at that point. And that was, Mm
2: -hmm. you know, the
0: move down to North Carolina was really only temporary in my eyes.
2: It was just probably leaving some friends behind. Not yeah, frenzy, and it's, it's with,
0: something that I college. did even when I went off to
3: college.
2: Right. So That's right. it,
0: was,
3: it wasn't anything new to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So are are you talking about sacrifices like the $2, $200,000 car or the... $200,000? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're just spouting lies now. Yeah. Well, I'm just... Where's I'm, my $2,000 <laughs> car? Or, $2, 000, or the swim, swimming pool in the backyard or the bigger yeah, house. Yeah, I mean, those,
2: those... Yeah. Those I, things, I, I think, and, and what I think what makes me sad is that some people might name some of those things sure. as being a sacrifice to raising kids and saving for their education as opposed to spending the money on themselves. And to me, that's not a sacrifice, but for some people that could be.
3: Well, it's like the 80-10-10 thing that we've been talking about at church, mm-hmm. where you tithe 10%, you save 10%, and you live on 80%, and... Um, if you get started doing that soon enough, early enough in your family life, then that's e- it's easier to continue because you've factored it in and that's just the way you're doing business. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the 80-10-10 thing could get a little dicey if the 10% that you're putting in savings all of a sudden goes for a new addition on the back of the house or a midlife crisis. Something or other. (laughs) Whatever. Uh,
0: Last question. This is a question from Pearl. Uh, At what age can kids start using Facebook?
2: We never had to deal with that with you guys. you didn't. Yeah. I bow out. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking you had a
3: MySpace page, though. I did,
0: but I didn't have that many friends on MySpace. I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't like a, a big thing at my high school. Yeah, uh, I, I, mean, don't, I, I don't, I was... don't
2: feel qualified to answer that. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't, never had to make those kind of. Um, I mean, for us, the cell phone was a big deal. Letting you have a cell phone, yeah. and it was a <laughs> track phone. It wasn't even, yeah. didn't even do anything. <laughs>
0: Repaid, yeah. It's <that's, laughs> no. you know, if I ran out of minutes, then it's just well, that's right. You ran
2: out of minutes. That's right.
3: Yeah, I don't. The other thing is, I'm not sure. You know, if you've if you've made um, your children's electronic presence independent already, then Facebook is a um, you know I don't think Facebook requires them to get permission from their parents to have a Facebook page. Um, So my sense is that if if the family is open and um, at least for me. what would alleviate some of the concern is um, my my child has a Facebook page and friends me. And that way I'm aware of the activity that's going on on the page. I can tell if they're being harassed or
2: Yeah, that's the thing that concerns me is you hear so many things about just horrible things that kids say, and they can say it anonymously, mm-hmm. and, I, you know... I, I don't know it just seems like it's a it is a valid concern for parents i I can't imagine having to make that choice if a you know especially a kid that was younger than high school came to me and wanted to do it i'd be i think I'd be kind of concerned but,
3: well i I know my colleague at work had an eleven year old that wanted a smartphone and wanted the same smartphone that his father had and um, his father was at the time unwilling to um, to take that step because the self the smartphone meant access to everything, mm-hmm. Twitter, the internet, uh, all that kind of thing, and it was a very difficult decision for this colleague of mine, and 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 I can understand um, I can understand why, not that he didn't trust his son, but just um, I think he felt like he was handing his son a little bit of a, a time bomb, a social time bomb, um, and without some sort of, uh, not necessarily control, but monitoring at least, um, I think that would be difficult as a parent nowadays.
0: Yeah, there are, I mean, there's, I think there are ways that, you know, parents can have control over you know a kid's smartphone access and that kind of stuff. Like,
2: well, we I'm used sure to have Apple parental has. controls over the computer. Remember? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And then
2: when you tried to buy a trombone online, it wouldn't even let. <laughs> was it like to, Cyber
0: Patrol or something? It was like
2: something like that. But I just remember access you saying strength. you have to clear, come clear the, the filter because <laughs> it won't even let me because <laughs> it had the word bone in it.
0: <laughs> Strange things getting filtered out. Yeah, it's, it's Or you couldn't
2: uh, look up breast cancer awareness or anything like that.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, if you are technically inclined enough to know like the ways that you can control access on, mm-hmm. you know, an Apple smartphone or something like that, it it might help, but it's you know, I, I think the more you're technically inclined you're the more that you the more you know like what's out there and how easy it is to, to access stuff. So
3: ISIS is recruiting Kids Young through people social on social media. media.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think the one other thing that we wanted to talk about too, real quickly, in because it's we feel like it's at the basis of our relationship with each other too, and the same with our kids was the importance of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, if you you know, your kids are definitely going to do things that will disappoint you, but as a parent, if you can truly forgive, um, that it just It's makes life easier. If I mean, and not necessarily have to forget everything, but really forgive, and um, it's it's important because it's important with our relationship with each other, as parents and and spouses.
3: Well, and if you live to live to the rule to not Mm -hmm. let the sun go down on your anger, especially to your children, um, Mm -hmm. that just pays enormous um, dividends. I think. And I, you know, I I can't remember, you know, we've been talking about transitions tonight. I can't remember when the transition happened. But I do remember for the longest time uh, walking into your room and telling you and Rick that I loved you before you went to sleep. And um, it certainly applied then. There was a period of time where um, I wasn't doing that, Um, probably at some point when I thought you guys were, uh, too old and too male for me to be uh, throwing an I love you around. Um, but we're, we do it now, mm-hmm. so um, it's come full circle. And you, I think it's very difficult to say those words when you're angry. So if you can get yourself to the place where you can tell your children that you love them when they go to bed, um, I just think that that's... It's, it's worth it to do it and make the commitment to do it. Yeah. I,
0: mean, I think one thing you were telling me earlier was in terms of forgiveness, the enormous things as well as the trivial things, mm-hmm. because the trivial things, if you can't let them go, become they can become enormous. Enormous
2: things. It's true. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you model it as parents, if you model forgiveness, if you model it with each other and with your kids, and your kids will grow up learning about forgiveness and how important it is to not hold a grudge and to mm-hmm. let go of things, you know, it's, it's such a burden to carry around hurts and anger. and.
3: Well, I, I, Rick had a behavior when he, when he would misbehave, he would crawl under the bed. And there were times when he would be under the bed. And I really had a hard time figuring out why he was so upset or thought that I was going to be so upset that he needed be, to be under under the bed. Um, but those are Probably examples. Probably something I said to him. Yeah, those, <laughs> those are examples. Yeah, wait till your dad gets on. Uh, those are examples of situations where... You know, you just don't, you you don't want that setting in. Um, you know, if he went to, if he had ever gone to sleep under the bed, just that feeling that way, I I would feel bad.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's better that he knows that. Hey, the love over overwhelms whatever it is you did, and whatever it's you're. It's all about grace.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I I can't. You know, I, I think about the mistakes I made as a parent and just all about grace and forgiveness that came my way. So that's that's the most important thing, I think, is to teach that.
0: Thanks for coming on the show.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, enjoyed it. Well, that was a fun interview.
1: I wish I was there. Yeah. But anyway, now it's time for our real comments. That's right. And for our real comments, uh, we are going to talk about three things that stood out in the interview. Yeah. So that would be first one, sacrifices. Number two, protection. Number three, forgiveness. Mm
0: -hmm. So number one, sacrifices. that. What my parents said in the interview was, "What sacrifice wouldn't you make for your kids?" It right. doesn't really feel like a sacrifice to the parents. Mm-hmm. So, what we're really talking about when we say sacrifices is it's more akin to selflessness, right?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Because it's when it comes to your kids, everything everything that you do is for them.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. When right. you
0: start, when you have a family, when you start a family your your life switches into a just a different mode where everything that you do now is for your family everything you do is for your kids you don't live your life for yourself anymore and even when you get married it's it's sort of like that but the the transition is a little more gradual
1: yeah so speaking of parenting like for women especially even from the time of conception right um there are already certain things that uh the mother, the expectant mother would have to do to protect the kids and things like that, like um, sacrifice, to sacrifice yeah. not to eat, whatever, like, you know, or not to drink or not to things. drink. <laughs> yeah. Things like that. Yeah. So sacrifices. That's right. We agree. <laughs> 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 Number two, protection. I want to say something about this yeah. because uh, You're I have curr- a book. Right yeah, now. I'm currently reading a book written by Max Locado, mm-hmm. and uh, the book is called Fearless. And um, actually, there's one chapter in that book that is about fear of not protecting my kids. Um, this book uh, included that chapter specifically because it's scary being a parent, because can you imagine you're in charge of another human being? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, from its tiniest form, right? It's
0: a daunting task to raise a kid.
1: Yeah, it's like, so parents are faced with tons of worries, like, are we going to have enough diaper? Enough like, money? Yeah. Like big how, enough house? How about the education of the kids and, yeah. like, you know, things like that. So it's a very legitimate fear. Mm-hmm. and uh, But of course, he recommended an antidote to these fears, and that is to regularly give the children back to God. So that means we need to pray, like pray for our kids.
0: Yeah, and I think there's another element to that when your kids are going off to college and start to become responsible for themselves. You can see that reflected in Giving your your children back to God in the sense that you're trusting God to take care of them and provide for them, you know, just the way that God provides for you.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, these idea that we're talking about right now about protection can give uh, parents uh, reassurance that we can't control all the threats in life. Mm -hmm. Like you know, we can't. um, We can only do so much like uh, save money for the future of the children. But, you know, we, we could be gone by the time they reach a certain age. You know, there's just so many things to be under control. Mm. So um, I hope parents don't really obsess on protecting their kids so much. Instead of that, like really...
0: It's ultimately God's job.
1: Yeah, right? trust trusting God to provide, to help kids. And like, you know, it's it's a continuous relationship. Uh, with God, like parents continue to trust God for their kids and for their family in everything, I Mm. think. All right. So number three is about forgiveness. Do you want to start this?
0: Yeah. And I think my dad illustrated this really well when he talked about my brother, when he would hide under the bed uh, and just living by the scripture of don't let the sun go down on your anger, Uh, making sure that your kids know that you love them before they go to bed at night, You don't want them to feel like they're a failure to you or that you don't love them because that's, it just is, that's a bad thing for kids to be thinking.
1: Right. Um, Also, I thought about something uh, in reverse. So, for example, it's not only spouses forgiving each other or parents forgiving kids, but also kids should learn how to forgive their parents. Mm. Because, like, you know, um, parents are not perfect, like, you know, and maybe we are well aware of that, that there are bad parents. Mm -hmm. So, um, I I know some people who grew up in crazy families and with crazy parents and they almost raised themselves, Mm. you know, things like that. And... You know, my prayer is really for them not to hold any grudge or bitterness because someday eventually they're going to be parents and although they don't really have good role models, it's important that they themselves could learn how to pro- uh, like to give forgiveness, like you know, to forgive mm. their parents. So, speaking of being role models, I think um uh, we also heard that in the interview um I think kids are really impressionable. So whatever we do in the family, they're going to get it, they're going to carry it in their, you know, in their adult life or like, you know, later on in life or maybe forever, like so long as they're here on earth. Right. So um, what,
0: whatever you do, they are going to model that when they grow up.
1: Yeah, because like the home is really the first school. Mm -hmm. Like that's where characters and values are being molded, something like that. So when, you know, when spouses model their kids that they know how to sacrifice and the kids would learn how to sacrifice and be selfless, like, you know, share your toys or with your siblings and things like that. Also protection, like, you know, not only how they should protect themselves against outside influences Like, you know, when parents put loving fence, (laughs) proper boundaries, Mm -hmm. like, you know, kids are going to adapt that.
0: Yeah, they're going to pick up on it.
1: Yeah. And especially, like, you know, forgiveness, because the real world is maybe even homes are broken, like, Mm. you know, right now, because we live in a broken world. So that means nobody's perfect, and you would have to deal with, you know, sin and, um the antidote to that is really grace and forgiveness. Hmm. So as much as it is so easy to say, it's hard to do. So yeah, we should like work on all these three important things. Like, you know, we sacrifice, we protect, we protect the hearts of our family members so that we don't really have to deal with forgiveness so much. <laughs>
0: right.
1: <laughs> we should, like set boundaries early on, things yeah. like that, and learn how to be selfless and not like, you know. So I think these three are very important in families, and I'm so glad that we had this interview for our combined Mother's Day and Father's Day special.
0: Mm-hmm. And just one thing I wanted to add on to what you said just to tie everything together, the sacrifices, the protection, and the forgiveness, is going back to what my parents uh, said when they were explaining their parenting style, authoritative, is that there's a reason for everything that you do as a parent. Or there's a reason for your expectations, there's a reason uh, for your punishments as well. So I think all of these things, you need to think about them and have some sort of reason for why you're doing them. And that's, you know, forgiveness, making sure that your kids know why they're forgiven and and why you are protecting them, why you're making sacrifices for them. uh, Because that's really important for their growth and their development.
1: Now I have a question for you. For me? Yeah. What kind of parent do you think are you going to be someday?
0: I think I'm going to model my parents. Probably be authoritative based on that article that they read. For example, I'm going to have expectations of my kids. Mm. There are, There's ways that I want them to act around people. I want them to be courteous. I want them to be respectful, and I want them to be able to forgive, to let go. Uh, so I need to model those things in my own life, and if they're not living up to my expectations, then they need to know, you know there's going to be a punishment for that, and they need to know why there's a punishment for that and why I think those things are important. What about you, Pearl? What kind of parent are you going to be?
1: I'm going to be a present parent. I'm going to be there. Oh, okay. It's very simple. I'm just going to be there. It's like, where's mom? She's there, right there.
0: She's right behind you.
1: (laughs) Mom is like big brother. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm kidding. Not like that. Not that close. (laughs) I respect privacy. So, But I'm going to be there. So that's our combined Mother's Day and Father's Day special. I hope you enjoyed it.
0: This is a Creative Commons podcast.
1: You can follow us on Instagram at Dummies. And if you have any similar experiences or some totally unrelated stories, you can share it with us. Our email is lovenotes at loveydummies.com.
0: Or you can fill out the anonymous contact form on our home on the web, loveydummies.com.